the game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. And welcome, everybody, to the fifth quarter. And a big shout-out to our guest today, Harry Ruiz, for staying up late. Harry from the Raiders Spanish broadcast team. And, Harry, let's talk about the game tonight. 17-16, Raiders win. The score, whatever, we will get to that in time. But, man, we were joking on the way in. You said, usually you like the night games, but this is a little bit too late for you. Yeah, night games, they usually start at 5.15. Today it started at 7. We got a one-hour post game, so we didn't get done until 11 p.m. And I was like, hey, you know what? I got to go in be there with my boy Eddie. How could I not accept the invite? Raider Nation, it's an honor to be here. I know, man. I appreciate you hanging out with us at 1130 on a Saturday night, man. No days off for our pal Harry Ruiz. But Harry, look at this game tonight. Not the prettiest game. I'm sure it's not the prettiest game of football that you have ever called before. But we did, I think, learn a little bit more about this team. Week two of the preseason. And at this juncture, that's all we're looking for, right? We want to learn a little bit more week after week after week. So by the time we get to week one, we don't have the full picture, but we have a much better picture. And for me, I think we just start here. And Trayvon Mullen said it the best. He tweeted this out literally two minutes ago. He said, hey, Nate Hobbs, he's like that with a few fire emojis. And at this point, it is hard to disagree. I mean, Nate Hobbs, an incredible game. Now, back-to-back games where you go, okay, I think this dude can play a little bit. For sure. And actually, Eric Allen, he watches the game from the Spanish radio broadcast booth. I think he's starting to learn a little bit of Spanish listening to us. And before the the preseason week one game, I asked him, I was like, what are you seeing that you like from the players? And he's like, I don't look at a lot of the players, but the formations, how they're working in the techniques and everything. After this game, I'm like, you can't ignore that you see talent on number 39. Nate Hobbs, he did the big sack on the week one game against Seattle. Tonight, he had that interception, a tackle for loss. This dude is a beast, and if there's a spot that's being played on this team during the preseason, that slot position is on it's on, it's on the line. And I see Nate Hobbs, he's grabbing it right now, and he's like, hey, man, yeah, I know I got week one and two to show off what I got, but I think he, he isn't going to let it go. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he's done these first two weeks, man, and he comes in as a guy, I don't want to say he flew under the radar at all, but, you know, a guy that comes in, you're like, oh, I, I like what he did during camp, but let's see how he can do in a real game. And that's like that for all the rookies, right? What, it, what they do on the practice field is nice. It is. You want to see them progress there, but you really want to see them wearing pads, going against a different team. And now, as I said at the top, back-to-back weeks where he has plays, and really, a complete game today for him. Like, he had that one really nice sack last week against the Seahawks, but you look at his entire body of work today, and you're like, this dude is a player. And now I tweeted out during the game, I was like, look, after two weeks, we know Nate Hobbs can play with these twos and these threes. I want to see him go against some bona fide starters and see what he does when he's thrown into that fire. Exactly, and he actually started the game on the inside where we're thinking he's going to be playing once the season starts, but then in the third quarter, you saw him playing on the outside. He had big plays. He was... You couldn't take your eyes off of him, and then he had to come back on the inside. But it was he did an amazing job, and this kid out of Illinois, fifth rounder, and it seems like Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they keep hitting from that fourth round going lower. It keeps on – they keep bringing talent to this team, guys that are providing 
big things to the to the Raiders. Yeah, and and I think that you know you look at at the game as a whole, and I think Nate Hobbs his performance stands out as you know if you're picking you know a star of the game, right? That star belongs to Nate Hobbs tonight. But overall, as we said, not the prettiest game. A 17-16 win for the Raiders, which is great. They advanced to 2-0 in the preseason, which is obviously better than losing. But no one's going to remember these scores in about a month from now, yep. right? But for me, it, it was a game. It was kind of a funky game, right? Where you the Raiders kind of start. Obviously, they start well. They take that early touchdown lead, and then it felt like things kind of got a little funky for them. That they couldn't find a rhythm, and it seemed like for a large portion of the game. It seemed like it came down to me when I'm watching the game that the Rams were able to generate a pass rush, but for large portions of the game, the Raiders were not. Exactly, and in that second quarter, when you saw the shift on the offensive line, you started seeing the Rams get that pressure in there, and the guys on the left side of the line struggling to stop the Los Angeles defensive line, and that's where Nate Peterman was trying to get those desperate throws out of the way and try to just get rid of the ball to avoid the sack, but he got hit, and that shows me John Gruden knows what he's doing. I'm pretty sure everybody wanted to see Marcus Mariota out there, but if he takes one of those hits that – Nate Peterman took today it would have been it could have hurt the team long term but this team like you said it was a dirty game you had two turnovers two interceptions for Peterman but to be honest and I don't put the responsibility on him yeah that second one in particular was not his fault like I know it's it's a kind of quote-unquote tough catch but that's a catch that Keelan Doss has got to make you got to help your quarterback there And, and you really you look at the entire game as a whole and I'm looking at Peterman's line right now Harry, he goes 16 to 24, 172 yards, sack three times, a touchdown, and two interceptions. But really, I don't know if that's a fair indication of his night. We talked about the offensive line struggles. We talked about how the run game wasn't able to get going. That interception also not on him. So you do look at the line. It's not overly pretty. He finishes the the evening with a 66.7 quarterback rating. But I don't know if that fully tells the tale of the tape for tonight. What about those wheels? And the wheel? Uh, how? Excuse I mean, me. How foolish of me. Apologies to Nate Peterman. He also added five rushes for 35 yards. So this dude averaged seven yards a carry. He was the, actually the team's leading rusher. That's what I was going to say. I don't think that Regas and uh, Emmons had more yardage than he did on the ground. So Peterman, he saw how the pocket was collapsing, and he would take off, and he would get first downs, and he was doing a good job in the game. And we know that he's playing against twos and threes, and in some cases even fours. But this guy could manage a game in case of it's necessary. And at the moment, he's number three on the depth chart. And that's something that you want to see from a number three that know in case of an emergency, he's there and he has done a good job in this preseason. And look, at the end of the day, if you get scored on less than 20 points, I think with this Raider offense, you got a very high chance of winning. Like last season, in 16 games, the Raiders allowed 20 or less points twice. Now in the preseason, I know it's preseason, but it's happened both times, both games. Let's let's go talk about this defense for a little bit, Harry. I think, I mean, we're talking about it too, not the prettiest effort defensively. There were moments of, of Nate Hobbs' excellence. There were moments of defensive totality not really being where you want it to be. And we had a few of those moments. And I'm going to give the disclaimer that, look, this is the second week of the preseason. We're recording this on August 21st. It'll be August 22nd in about 10 minutes here. But we're recording this on August 21st, and you're playing without Max and Unique and Trayvon Mullen and all these guys, right? But there were moments of this game where you go, oh, this kind of reminds me of what we saw a year ago. And 
you know, like I said, it's it's not the final indication of what this defense is going to be, not by a long shot. But we didn't really have a lot of those moments last week against the Seahawks. But tonight, you did have a few of those moments. You had the missed tackles. You had some of the longer runs, the big plays, guys kind of getting lost in coverage. But I will say this. If you want that to happen, you want it to happen on August 21st. You don't want it to happen September 13th against the Baltimore Ravens. Out of the important things in the preseason, the least important one is winning games. Yes. And that's why I'm like, look, if they go for two points and win this game, I don't care. I know what I saw on the field, and this team is showing progress from what we've seen in the past. And I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Raiders. And at the end of the day, like you said, it's preseason. After what Gruden said in the press conference, I don't know how much we're going to see from the starters in week three. But to be honest, I just want to see the defense get better, and I think we've seen that in these past two weeks compared to what we saw last season, the defense with the most points scored against in franchise history. We've seen progress in that aspect, and we've seen guys like Coons get in the game today and make plays, and that's going to raise his confidence. And Tanner Muse, he had his mm-hmm. first sack tonight. Darius Phylon, that big block on the field goal. I almost forgot it at the end of the game. I'm like, you know what? They scored that field goal. Raiders aren't even in it at the end of the game. So there's plays that you see things from that it's, all right, positive. Phylon has, did, wasn't in the league for a year, but now we're seeing him make plays both here at Allegiant, now at SoFi Stadium. I'm liking what I'm seeing from this team. The thing that I really want to see next week against the Niners, and, and like I said, it's going to be tough, right? I, we're not going to see Max. I would be shocked if we saw Max, Yannick. Like I said, those big dogs on defense. But for me, I would love to see a little bit of a more sustained pass rush. And stop me if you've heard that before, because I feel like it was the conversation we had a million times collectively last year. Where's the pass rush? Okay, it's here for a quarter, and then it goes away. Let's see 60 minutes of sustained pass rush. And look, I don't think it's going to come in week three of the preseason when you have your twos and your threes. And like you said, sometimes your fours going out there and getting serious reps. But I would like to see a little bit more of that. Because, look, when we get down to next week, we are going to have guys that are putting their best foot forward, putting their final attempt on tape to say, to show that they belong on this 53. And let's generate a pass rush. Come on, let's put the quarterback down a little bit. Exactly. And you look at what happened last week out here in Vegas. They had the sack with Nate Hobbs. He's a cornerback. He came from the outside, and he got that sack. Then tonight... We had Tanner Muse go in and share it with Phylon. It's like, all right, we want to see get you see you guys get more hits on the opposing quarterback. Coons had his, yeah, but then Rasul Douglas' penalty brought it back. But Douglas, I think he he got a little bit of redemption in the next two plays where he was a big factor in it. So this is a good thing about the preseason. These are just practice sessions where the risk is a little bit higher because you're going full speed until the whistle. That's why Wednesday and Thursday were so important for the team. Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe got theirs in, and they got to feel out how they were going to play together. And you saw more of the guys get getting the action out there, you that were out there. But I've heard great things about the Raiders' defense. Merrick, he played a little bit tonight, but he got those two picks out there in Thousand Oaks. So the guys got a lot of advantage of what they what happened this week in SoCal. Yeah, and look, especially in the way that the NFL is run now, right? I would be shocked if we saw Derek at any point in this preseason, right? Going into this, you're like, all right, you're not going to see Derek. You're probably not going to see Josh. You're I mean, not... besides him going to celebrate. Exactly. Yes, yeah, besi- I mean, that might be the, that might honestly be the most that Derek sprints during a preseason game all year. And I'm totally okay with that if that's the most running and activity that he does. But because of that, there's so much more of an emphasis on these joint practices, like you were saying. You get two days to get and work against somebody else, and you need to take full advantage of that. So the Maxes and the Uniques and the Joshes and Derricks and Wallers, they took full advantage of that, and that is spectacular. That's great because, frankly, I don't need to see him till week one. I know what Darren Waller is going to bring. 
I don't need to see him until week one. I'm good. Like, I'm sure fans would like to see it. I get that. Keep him on ice, baby. Let's be ready to go for the Ravens. That's what I've said on the broadcast. I'm like, look, I know what this offense can do on the field. I don't need to see them right now. I don't need to have these guys risk it all. In case one bad play, Javen White, I hope he's all right, man. That was so much pain. I know. So speaking of, we were talking a second ago about things that are important during the preseason. The final score is not one of them. The most important thing in the preseason is guys getting out of this game healthy. And unfortunately, Javen White, that was not the case for him this evening. Obviously, neither of us are doctors. We're going to have to wait over the next couple of days to kind of see what comes out in terms of that injury and what his prognosis is. But man, for a guy that was playing his behind off these first two games, he was balling straight up. He had a re- led the team in tackles a week ago. Was start was having another incredible half against the Rams this morning. And it's like, man, your heart just breaks for an undrafted kid like the kid who went to UNLV who's working his way onto this 53. And all of a sudden, I mean, it just shows you how it's like that. You know, the NFL is such a cruel mister sometimes. Exactly, yeah. It seemed like a knee injury when we saw it on TV. Gruden said in the postgame press conference that it looks like a knee injury. So we hope he's he has a speedy recovery. We got to wait to see the official information. But Javen White, he was earning a spot on this team. He was one of the risers on this roster. And unfortunately, that happens. But it could have happened to absolutely anybody on that field. That's why on practice on Wednesday and Thursday, they know when to stop. During a game, you got to stop until the whistle blows, and the whistle had it blown back then. So, Javen, he's a Vegas local. Once you've been here for four years, you're a local. Is that so. is that the line of demarcation? After four years, you're a local. After four years, and you're still here, you're a local. So, <laughs> definitely, Javen, Las Vegas is rooting for you, man, and uh, we're wishing you the best. You know, and and it's crazy too. You think about just that linebacking core in general. I mean, a week ago, right, or let's say ten days ago, you have Nick Kwiatkowski, you have Nick Mora, you have Javen White. Now we fast forward to today. Kwiatkowski's a little banged up. Morrow's banged up. We're waiting to see what's going to happen with Javen White. It's like all of a sudden a position defensively on a rebuilt defense that you're like, okay, we feel good about this group. All of a sudden you're down three guys quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, I remember a couple of weeks ago we heard about a free agent visiting Vegas in that linebacker position, and I'm like, you know what? We don't need him. Of course it would be great to have a former All-Pro out here, but we got a good squad that looks good not only for this season but for the future. And now you're like – I think we need to bring someone in because we're a little banged up in the linebacker position. And, I mean, Kwiatkowski, he's going to step up if Morrow isn't available. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough position the Raiders are in right now. And definitely Javen White, that one hurts. Yeah, that one. I mean, it just hurts on so many levels, right, where he was, like I said, having an incredible start to the preseason, but, you know, has had an incredible camp. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, like let's just, one, hope that this dude's okay, right, that everything checks out the, the way that it has to check out. But it's like, boy, if he really misses time now, what does this do to the roster? What does it do to the bottom part of that defensive depth chart? And a lot of questions, man. A lot of questions now headed into not only week three of the preseason, but now that final roster reduction day and week one. But we talk about Jay. When I heard about Moore, hey, sorry no, for no, interrupting no, for you. Yeah, when yeah, I heard yeah. about Moore, it's like it might be a couple of weeks. I'm like, all right, the good thing is we're three weeks away from the first game of the regular season. And now it's like, damn, we're three weeks away from the regular season and the linebacker course looks a little bit banged up. So... It gets tough, but that's the that's the game of football. Every team suffers injuries, and this is not the exception out here in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, it's coming quick. You know, it is funny. I was just looking at the calendar. Three weeks from Monday is Monday Night Football against the Ravens, and it's going to come quicker than than all of us think, and it's, it happens every year. But, yeah, it is, uh, it is coming quick, fast, in a hurry. But we were talking about Javen, who had such a good first half, had a really nice start to this game. He wasn't the only Raider that I think had a really nice night at the office. Marcel Aitman. 
back in business. It is good to see him doing his thing, scoring touchdowns. I'm looking at his line right now, Mr. Aitman. Two catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. And Marcel's a guy who has been here for a minute now, originally came as an Oakland Raider, so he's been here for a while. He understands John Gruden's offense, and he's going to do everything that he can, and he did it tonight to say, hey, don't forget about me. Just because I've been here for a minute, don't forget about me. And he's an intriguing guy to me for a number of reasons, Harry. He's a bigger guy, right? You look at Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, obviously the speedster, smaller, kind of more quick burst of energy kind of guy. Marcel Aitman is a big-bodied wide receiver. And yes, I know Brian Edwards is a big-bodied wide receiver too, but it never hurts to have a couple of those guys hanging out, especially when you get down to the red zone. Yeah, Keelan Doss had his big game last week. This time it was uh, Marcel Aitman's turn, and these are guys that are showing you they know how to play in the system. You know you got in guys like Nate Peterman and Marcel Aitman and even Keelan Doss, guys that can play in John Gruden's playbook. They know it from the beginning to the end. I know it's very large, but they can take care of business in case it's necessary. So it's good to see some of these guys that have been on the team for a while that maybe only diehard fans know that are still on the team. But they're getting the job done in the preseason. Last week it was Doss. This week it was Aitman. Yeah, and it's like I said, you know, every year one of these guys at the, you know, you had to say the bottom of the roster, one of these guys fighting for a roster spot does enough in the preseason where you're like, we can't send him away. Like, he's just done enough to stick around and say, hey, I'm a guy who can contribute and I need to be here headed into week one and into the regular season. But, Harry, we look at this game now, like I said, a 17-16 win for your Las Vegas Raiders, 2-0 in the preseason now. How much do you really take out of these games, right? I mean, it's nice to win. We love that. Winning is better than the alternative, 100%. But really, two games now under our belts, one last preseason dress rehearsal next Sunday in Santa Clara. What have you learned about this team over the past two weeks? I've seen the defense get better. I've seen that Gus Bradley is getting work done with his guys and that you don't have to see the ones out on the field to see how he plays and what he's trying to get in there. You see that young players, they adapt real quickly to his to his scheme, and that's something that Raider Nation has been needing the last couple of years, drafting young guys to the squad. So that's going to be helping the team going forward. If you see progress from some of the guys in preseason – what can we expect in the regular season? Of course, competition level rises, but that has to bring out the best out of yourself as well. So I see, I've seen the defense get better. Special teams and offense, those two sides of the ball, they're super solid on this Raiders squad. You don't have to see much. Carlson went out there. He got his field goal, the two extra points, and that's all you need. And, of course, you know Sig and Cole, they're yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen A.J. There, yeah. punt, right? I mean, exactly. we haven't even seen him punt at once this preseason. I can't imagine that's too much of an issue for Ritz Passaccia or any of those guys. But I agree with you on the defensive stuff, Harry, because I think back to a year ago, and at some point, and I'm guilty of this too, we got to stop comparing the 2021 defense to the 2020, excuse me, to the 2020 defense. We just have to. They're led by two different coaches. The personnel is a lot different. They're being asked to do different things. But for me... Granted, it's been just two preseason games, right? I don't think we're here to anoint any group, the reincarnation of, you know, the greatest defense of all time. But it does feel like there's a much, like they're playing with more of a purpose. And I look back to last year, and it just felt like sometimes there wasn't a real solid identity. There wasn't a a real kind of understanding of what the expectation was. But this year, we come in, and as I said, look, I know it's been two games, so I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself. And yes, there were moments today that were not perfect. There were some big plays. There were the missed tackles we talked about. But overall, it just feels like this defense just has 
their head on their shoulders a little bit more, right, for lack of a better term? There were big plays that last year I feel could have been bigger, mm. that they wouldn't have stopped them. So that's a little bit of progress. But also one important thing that Max Crosby spoke about this week, the mental aspect, like they feel zoned in. They got the trust from Gus Bradley, from the assistant coaches. They know that Miles is on their side. They know everybody's there supporting them and that they trust them and that they feel that coming onto the field. And that's something that at times you might not feel if you're on another team or with other coaches. So for them, feeling that trust, you're going to give not your 100%. You're going to give more than it. You're going to work harder for your coaches and you're going to give it your all. And, and not only for the coaches, but for each other. And at times, I feel you didn't see that last season. Yeah. And, and look, I think it's great to see it in the preseason, right? Like we want to see that kind of incremental improvement. And I think we have seen that throughout training camp in these first two weeks. But now it's like, let's see one more step forward next weekend, and let's really see what everyone can do, this entire defensive roster, once we get to week one and Lamar Jackson and the boys come to town. And we can kind of really get a decent gauge of like, okay, we know we've put a lot of work in. How does that work manifest itself, right? We think we know what we are. We feel good about who we are. Let's really see and let's really test ourselves. Exactly. But after that third quarter today, I'm like, before – in the first half, I'm like, all right, next week we're going to see some of the top dogs and we're going to see them in there. And, of course, let's see Ngakwe in silver and black for the first time. I, I don't think it's happening, but I was like, I was hoping for it. Now, after what happened in that third quarter, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm okay if we rest these guys. Like week four in the preseason, usually it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to sit three hours to mm-hmm. watching this. But we follow the Raiders, so we got to do it. But now I'm like, okay, if it's a week four feel in a week three preseason game, I'm okay because I don't want any more guys getting hurt. So, but but so far, so good. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that 100%. I, I don't feel any desire. I mean, I would love to see, like I said, I would love to see the Darren Wallers and the Derricks and the Josh Jacobs of the world. I'd love to see him get a few series. But I don't really know if the risk outweighs the reward at this point. It'd be cool, but I, I don't know if you look five months from now and you'd be like, oh, man, I really wish Darren and Derek had those – eight reps together against the Niners, but there are going to be a lot of guys come Sunday that are, are playing for that final, those final roster spots that are saying, Hey, I belong here. I'm going to do, I'm going to have four or five highlight plays today that show you Mike Mayock, that show you John Gruden, that I need to stick around. So when we look at ahead, as we kind of look ahead to next Sunday against the Niners, who's the guy that you want to see? Is it one of these rookies? Is it one of these vets that's kind of fighting for playing time? Like who intrigues you headed? I mean, for sure. That running back position, Trey Regis, B.J. Emmons, we know they're fighting for a spot, and they've been doing a good job. I'm, I know uh, Regis' stats were hurt a little bit today because of the offensive line letting him get hit behind the line of scrimmage, but he did a good job today. Emmons, I'm liking this kid. I know he has the support in the in the room. Both of them do, not just Emmons, but that's something that's very interesting I want to see. But also, one guy that I got my eye on, so I used to call Conference USA football in El Paso, Texas. Shout out to the UTEP Miners. So I used to call Louisiana Tech games. So Amik Robertson, I got my eyes on him too. He had a couple of big plays out here today, and I know he's fighting for a spot too. So Amik, I hope he, he has a big game on Sunday over there in Santa Clara. Yeah, I'm with you there. Where I look at the running backs from today, and you're right, Trey Regis's uh, stats are a little, I guess, deflated because of the offensive line issues. He ends up with just a single rushing yard when all is said and done. But it's funny, you look at his line, and it's kind of funky, a statistical anomaly, where he finishes with one rushing yard, 
but his longest rush of the game was eight yards. So you're just like, well, okay, there's something, something went kind of screwy here. So but, that eight-yard run got him from negative eight to zero. Exactly, and right? And then the next run was minus three. Exa- yeah, it's craziness. But I, I do, I'm with you there where I do want to see Emmons and Trey Regis. I want to see them kind of be the two dogs and say, all right, one of you guys take this job, right? This job is here for the taking. One of you guys go get it. He already left it wide open. It's like, all right, yeah, go there, for it. there is a roster spot for that role. And I'm excited to see these guys get a little more run, see who can really take advantage of that. And defensively, I don't know how much we're going to see of him next Sunday, but I thought that very kind of quietly and under the radar, Clee Farrell had some really nice snaps tonight, had a bunch of really good reps, a couple plays where he got through a double team. And we know now this is year three of Clee, right? We know that he's going to be a force in the run game. We know that. And so to see him kind of just improve on that, to kind of be that man in the middle, and to really be effective at disrupting in the opponent's run game, I like that. I think you need guys like that to be an effective defense. So I'm excited to see Klee a little bit, a little bit more run on Sunday too. And no disrespect to the twos. They're a solid, solid group in that defensive line. But imagine putting Klee in there with the ones. You got Yannick Ngakwe on the other side. You got Thomas Jefferson in the middle. Cleveland's going to look even way better than he did in the preseason. So, yeah, Cleveland Furl, I mean, as part of the Raider Nation, we're rooting for him, and we hope he ends up getting to that level that we all want him to. He's been solid, but we want him to reach that next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Solomon Thomas, let's keep an eye on him on Sunday as well, going into his old team, returning to Northern California. I mean, for the first time in about six months. So it's not like he's, <laughs> he's the prodigal son returning or anything. But still, there's always a little extra juice going against your former team. So let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can kind of impart on this uh, on this defensive line and see what he's got. But Harry, God, it is late. It is time to go. Is it, I, we're we're going to hit midnight, I think, in a few minutes. But... Like I said, not the prettiest game of football. We learned a lot tonight, I think. We're going to learn a little bit more on Sunday if everything goes to plan. And then, as crazy as it sounds, we're going to sit back, we're going to rest for a few days, and get ready for week one and the marathon that is the 2021 regular season. Just madness. And something a lot of people aren't talking about, it's three straight home games for the Raider Nation. That's right. You had the Raiders out here in Vegas in their new home. You had them in SoCal. Still the most popular team in L.A., and now they're going up to, to Northern Cali. It's going to be a home game I know, if, there, if, too. So it's a chance for Raider Nation to go and see their team. Exactly. I mean, I was going to ask you, too. I mean, you look at the uh, the shots on the on the telecast today, and no surprise here, but the silver and black very well represented. Just reminding people, just saying, hey, guys, we did win a championship in this city. We were here. We're also, like you said, it'll be great for the fans, the Bay Area fans next week, hopefully, able to drive down from the East Bay that, and hopefully not sit in too much traffic, but to drive down from the East Bay, go watch their team uh, at Levi Stadium, and yeah, man, hopefully get a chance to kind of see and cheer these guys on for their final bout before they get into the uh, into the regular season, into, like I said, the marathon of the regular season. So, Harry, man, I appreciate you hanging out with us super late night. Dude, where can the people go listen to you and Christian and do the uh, listen to the incredible broadcast that you guys put together? So, 1460 a.m. out here in Las Vegas, 980 a.m. in Los Angeles, and I always post the link on social media at Harry Ruiz shameless plug and shameless at, plug alert baby at Harry underscore Ruiz on Instagram at Harry Ruiz on Twitter so you can check me out I always post a link when we start our pregame show so check us out listen to the game Spanish we do a little bit different we go a little bit crazy but that's the way we roll man it's we can't stay down here we gotta go up here and then a little bit higher so I always post highlights as well so if you want to listen to some go to the social media and 
I might convince you to want to listen to the Spanish broadcast. I'm with you, man. I, you guys do an incredible job. And I will say this. On our way out, it's late. We need a little energy. Take us home. Give me a uh, – how about this? Give me a Derek to Josh Jacobs touchdown call in Espanol on the way out. Derek Carson, buen trabajo centro. Toma el snap de Andre James. Finta de acarreo. Se mueve por el costado izquierdo. Josh Jacobs recibe el pase y se mete a las diagonales. Touchdown Raiders. Los malosos le ganan a los cuervos de Baltimore en lunes por la noche. So, Freddy Pascal, Harry Ruiz, my man Ray behind the glass, Alexandra on the ones and twos, making sure we sound so much better than we actually do, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for staying up late tonight, hanging out with us in the fifth quarter, and we will be back next week following the preseason finale of your Las Vegas Raiders taking on the San Francisco 49ers. So, in between now and then, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will catch up with you next week after the Raiders put the finishing touches on the 2021 preseason. Thank you for listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app, and we'll see you next week.